Tonight, get ready to experience the most salacious match of the century. Well, I rolled a natural one. Five. It's the dead dropping villain versus our favorite big boy. Yeah, I'm big boy! I'm gonna fuck this person up! Watch me smash it up with my diaper pole! Watch The Morgue vs. Big Boy tonight only on the I'm Sorry Grandpa podcast. I'm sorry, Grandpa. Grandpa Podcast. My name is Manuel Marcos Vasquez. Joining me is the indomitable snowman, Morgan. And joining them is the Winnie the Pooh of Sesame Street, Keanu Ramstein or Giza. Exactly. Yeah. All right. So <laughs> we are doing yet another <laughs> week of April No Fools, a case study on films that depict professions in a professional manner. And yeah. for this week, we are talking about The Wrestler, a film directed by Dan Aaron, 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 Aronofsky. Aronofsky. In a film that tells the story of a former main event wrestler who was long past his glory days. Let's hear some first impressions. I thought it was uh, good. I thought it was uh, well acted. I've heard horror stories about Mickey Rourke, like uh, filming <laughs> with him, but... This movie was one of the movies to, to really bring him back into the public eye, so I hope he was good on set. I thought it was really slow and boring, but I thought it was a good story. Hmm. Okay. okay. You didn't like the pacing, but you thought the story was well told. What was Otherwise. What, what was I was reading up on that, too. What the fuck did Mickey Borg do exactly? Like, I think he's just an asshole. So he did, like, basically this is, like, his wrestling biography. Like, fictional biography. Because from what I read... He was a boxer. Yeah, exactly. When he was like, I think, 12 to 17. And he like suffered a concussion that his doctor was like, you should stop for a while. And that's why he stopped boxing, which is a lot like what happens in The Wrestler. So I thought that was funny. Yeah, it was a very weirdly connected issue. Maybe that's the reason why he, it, the role works so well for him. Because he just had a wealth of personal experience to drop on. Um, yeah, I, I really like the movie too, actually. Uh, I really want to watch more wrestling-based stuff, but this was a really good primary, I think, into, like, not the indie scene. Is it, This is basically, like, an indie-ish scene. Just based on wrestling knowledge, I think it probably goes, I might be the one here who knows the most about wrestling, then it goes oh, yeah, Keanu, and then I think Morgan isn't super big into wrestling. Am I accurate no, in saying that? this was the most wrestling I've ever seen in my yeah. life was this movie. Really? Well, well you've yes. seen the Netflix wow. original Glow. Oh, I, gl- besides this movie, Glow is the only experience. I've never yeah. seen actual wrestling. I've seen Glow and I've seen this. What are you talking about? Yeah. This is actual wrestling. That's wrestling. I mean, That's wrestling is just is just fight acting. So I guess anything in a movie where people are fighting is wrestling. Man, in a there way. are definitely some wrestlers that are some wrestling fans that are going to get honest about this. Um, <laughs> 
Fuck them. But I mean, everyone knows that they're <laughs> that the business is a business, and that you know wrestling is fake. Um, well, not necessarily fake as much as it is you know scripted, and there's characters, and there's these roles that those characters play, and then there's storylines. That's really what wrestling is. Which I mean, to be fair to people who talk about wrestling in a, any derogatory way, people do die. People have serious injuries, lifelong yes. injuries, and people die. So it's it's serious enough, man. Yeah, I mean, even that's why they don't want actors to like do their own stunts because stunt oh. actors have died from performing stunts or broken serious limbs and, and the like. Even when you're play fighting, you still have to really put effort into it, really hit people in some cases, and you're really slamming people around. All actors should really become wrestlers before they become actors if they do like action movie roles because that seems really important to the ethos of an action film like this is just a wrestling film but even there you could see how apparent like hmm. the need for like physical contact and like getting hit is so important that is true that is a skill set that makes for a well-rounded actor huh yeah surprisingly i never i hadn't really seen any of his stuff before i he was an iron man i didn't even know that mickey rourke oh yeah he's iron man 2 he's the dragon dude the guy with the chain whips. I looked it up and I was like, that doesn't even look like him. He was much better in this film. <laughs> or in um, The Wrestler, I mean. But I yeah. think that's a given. This thing got like a shit ton of awards, right? It did get a lot of acclaim when it came out. I'm going to know those acclaims. There was also a lot of um, critique from the wrestling community, both positive and negative. And yeah, I could see how people would not like this, not critical look, but this holistic look of wrestling, I guess. Fix, fi- holistic fictional understanding of wrestling. What are uh, some critiques y'all have heard on the internet from wrestlers and or people in the wrestling community? Mostly that it was just a, a dark, like, misrepresentation of wrestling as a whole in regards to just this guy killed himself for his career and probably just how gruesomely he was getting hurt, like, in the, in the ring. Yeah, I, I would say about the same, just mainly the the, mo- the more negative parts of being a wrestler and trying to make it in the industry, or even if you have made it in the industry, like return from it. But I, I'm inclined to backlash against those people because we don't really see that at all in, type, in any kind of like wrestling media that I've seen. Whenever I was a kid, like a teenager watching wrestling, it's always like, you know, the really cool shit. You see, like, Eddie Guerrero with his, like, is a big bouncy car and Rey Mysterio doing 619s and shit across the rope. Yeah. And it's just meant to be this really cool display of physical action. But there is a lot of horrible shit that goes behind that we don't see because it's supposed to... It's behind the wall, like, the kayfabe of wrestling. And we don't see that shit. It's horrible. Like, um, with Undertaker, him being so long in the industry and him having a hard time with it all, seeing like Chris Benoit or like Eddie Guerrero again, having to deal with tougher issues of death and drugs. I mean, yeah. I think it's important to have this kind of stuff. Just because it's negative doesn't mean that it's not good for the wrestling community as a whole. Yeah, no. Uh, quick side note about Eddie Guerrero and Chris Benoit and The Undertaker. The Undertaker has been wrestling for 50 shit. years. 50 years yeah and so yeah he's obviously developed just he's a lot slower nowadays because he's had a lot of pain problems eddie guerrero had a lot of back problems and it um caused him to accidentally overdose on painkillers prescription painkillers but painkillers nonetheless at a hotel at the 
pretty young age of like 38 or something like that yeah he's super young um and chris benoit is a more famous story which uh our listeners might have heard of but for those who haven't chris benoit was a wrestler who had a lot of uh concussions over the course of his career and it caused mental degradation and he um ended up committing uh patricide matricide and infanticide i guess yeah is that the one for babies he killed his father and a child his mother he killed his his wife and his kid. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then he killed himself. It's chilling. And, you know, there's you can't blame it all on concussions, but when they uh, looked at um, some brain scans, I think, uh, post-mortem, it was really messed up. He had, like, neurological issues that were definitely caused from the concussions and the bumps that he took. His preferred moveset was, yeah. or his preferred finisher was a flying headbutt from the top rope. Yeah. So, yeah. I actually wanted to comment about that. Uh, I was watching this, this sports movie on Netflix called, not sports movie, but a documentary about Aaron Hernandez and how concussions really might have played a big role into how his mental degradation and why he would have killed someone in his own right. And it's it's actually giving me goosebumps right now about how horribly misguided we think we can just put people into sports roles without giving them guidance and mm-hmm. helping them throughout these physical injuries because it's not pretty the scene where he like unlifts his uh his little pad his gauze over his um art scar uh <laughs> it really hit me pretty hard as someone with uh, uh multiple heart surgeries in his belt so yeah. i can understand like this the hospitals are not fun, especially if you're not physically inclined or physically able to do things. Yeah, and that's interesting too because in sports, you're you're expected to retire young. Like I think Tom Brady still being a quarterback now in his what is he in his forties is like astounding. Uh, it's insane. In like football, you get a lot of uh, concussions and the like as yeah. well. And I mean, they will retire in like somewhere mid twenties to mid thirties. Uh, what's up with wrestling? Still having people going at fifty years old—that seems crazy. I think it's the money. A lot of it comes down to the money, and you know, it's something that people don't like to talk about. But there's a huge disparity between the top earners and everybody else. People like, you know, The Rock and John Cena and Stone Cold Steve Austin made, like, you know, millions of dollars. And they can kind of choose when to leave at that point because they get enough star power that, well, not only do they have enough star power, but they have enough money that they can, you know, go on to do other things. Stone Cold Steve Austin is not wrestling. He runs a podcast and uh, sells beer now. John Cena and The Rock became actors. But there's other wrestlers who were in the middle in the mid tier for their entire lives, or aren't like you know huge babyface um, mega stars who might have hit the limelight for a little bit, but then you know got relegated back to like the middle of the pack. And those guys have to keep going for a long time. Kind of reminds me of like the artist debacle, where you're like, if you have, you either become an artist or you don't, essentially. And you could take the easy route or you could take the harder route to get the money you need to be. The harder route is, you know, it's your passion, it's what you want to do. These people are obviously very impassioned to get beat the fuck up for the entertainment of millions, but 
it can seriously damage you over time in ways that I think not a lot of other professions do, especially like more blue collar work or something like that, or white collar work rather. Yeah, you know, us as wrestling fans, you and me, uh, Keanu, you know, yeah. we enjoy it, but like we, I think, also have to be aware that these people uh, are people put so much of their body and their mental health on the line to do what they're doing. Um, and it's sad. And, you know, there was a lot of critique, uh, like Morgan said about this movie from the, com- the wrestling community being like, oh, well, you know, this is super, just a very dark depiction. But there was a good chunk of people who were, who are wrestlers who've gone through this story and have come out and been like, no, this is a story that happens all too often. Uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin had a, um, interview with, uh, X-Pac, who's another former wrestler mm. who's had a lot of drug issues, who never really hit the same limelight as, uh, the rest of his friends and you know expect was like this is a common story and i think it really depends on what you're asking if you ask the super mega star who's like you know making millions of dollars and they get to thank wrestling for that and they don't have huge health problems and they're just kind of enjoying it like if you ask the rock if you ask uncle steve austin if you ask john cena if you ask the people on the top they're gonna be like man this is you know really showing it dark but if you show people who have gone through that darkness they're like this is honestly the truth so Skewed perspectives there, right? I actually wanted to touch on something interesting here. Can we talk about the Rams' relationships with women? His awful, awful relationships with all the women in his life. Every single one of them. His wife isn't even mentioned. His daughter hates him. And the closest thing he has to a friend is... No, no, there's no slight against sex workers here in this podcast. But they seem to not... There seems to be a complex that uh, Randy has towards sex workers. It's really sad to see, but I guess it kind of makes sense coming from like this angle that he was an 80s like rock star type person. And in the later 2000, later 2000s, he is, it's shown to see, to see how much his toxic masculinity, I guess, or homoeroticism kind of plays badly into, I don't mean homoeroticism in like that he's like sexually attracted to like men, but that he... He pleases other men specifically for the sake that they're men. Because wrestling is heavily male-dominated in terms of audience, you mean? Yeah. For sure, he is a garbage dad. Uh, he's not a dad. He's he's garbage. He is a fucking sperm donor. He, you know, left <laughs> his kid. That's what he is, man. He left his kid. Yeah. And, like, you know, he thinks about her occasionally and he tries to reconcile. But he's a disappointment in that aspect. But I don't quite see your perspective there with the sex worker. He never seemed to be particularly degrading to her, except for in that one scene in which he is a dick. Provoked. Yes. That's what I was confused about, actually. Like, it didn't, I didn't get that either. I know that I said that, like, he has an issue with sex workers in some way, but I don't think he necessarily does. It just seems like they pinned that on him at the end. Well, it's like when things are going well, when the sex worker is being nice to you or when you think you have a chance, it's kind of like when guys will hit up a girl on Mm. Tinder and be like, oh, you're so pretty, date me. And the girl responds with no. And then they say, oh, you were fat and ugly anyway. It's easy to be nice to someone when they're being nice back. When she shows her reservations and her own insecurities about being a single mom and a stripper, and as a result is hesitant to be in a relationship with him and calls him a, a client, that's when when he's officially rejected Offended. by her is when yeah. he is when he lashes out. Sure, yeah.
What's better than muscular, sweaty men gripping each other in not-so-vaguely sexual poses? Paid advertisements, of course. And now you can replace hot, sweaty men with your voice just like me. Just email us at sorrygrandpapodcast at gmail.com for details. All right, folks, welcome back to the I'm Sorry Grandpa podcast. Over the break, I was explaining to my fellow co-hosts what we are going to do for our game of the day, or the uh, game of the week, I suppose. We, we play games every day, but we only record them once. That's true. Yeah, we do, huh? So Shit. this time for the podcast, in honor of wrestling, um, or the wrestler, I guess, we're going to have a tiny little wrestling match with you guys through the stage of imagination. Imagination. Coming in at whatever amount of weight and whatever amount of height, it is the morgue. I'm the morgue. You suck. I'm the morgue. I killed his entire family and now I'm here to put him in the morgue too. (laughs) Your face is so fucking cool. All right. And coming in at some <laughs> undefined amount of weight and some undefined amount of height, <clears throat> welcome our impromptu face, Big Boy! Yeah, I'm Big Boy! I'm gonna fuck this person up! Watch me smash it up with my diaper bowl! <laughs> oh, you think you're so tight? You think you're so tight? I'm three feet tall! You can't stand up to me! <laughs> <laughs> all right. All right. I guess I am. All right. Fuck. Both of you guys. I went over the rules um, for this game uh, during the break, but oh, just so you guys know, they're going to roll a dice. Depending on their dice roll, I'm going to explain what's going on. So both of you roll a dice for me real quick. Well, I rolled a natural one. <laughs> okay. Uh, what'd you roll, Keanu? Five. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So. Wait, is that with the plus one? Oh, no. With the plus one, it's six. Shit. With the plus one, it's a six. Yeah, he also gets a plus one because he's a bruiser, which is super effective against grappler types. Yeah, <laughs> which is what the morgue is. So anyways, the they come in. Referee calls the match. Bell rings. They're in the center of the ring. It's a typical beginning for a wrestling match. They're holding on to each other's sweaty fucking shoulders for some reason. Ugh. Who's going to get the first hit? It is obviously... Big boy in the morning comes in with a heavy right hand. Oh, you're smaller than I was expecting. Diaper punch. Bam. The morgue is on the ropes immediately. <sighs> that knocked the fucking wind out of them. Yeah, All up? right. What's second up? roll what's to up? determine your fucking moves, boy. Well, now I got a natural six. Oh, shit. I only got a two this time. So that's a three. All right, well, the roles are reversed. <laughs> Let's see what's going on. The fucking, uh, my boy, my big boy big right boy. here is trying to come in with a powerbomb. Thinks he has the advantage. But what's that? The grappler is fucking slimy. <laughs> They're slipping and sliding all over the place. Before you know it, the bruiser is down on his stomach and on his face. What is that the grappler has? Or fucking the morgue. The morgue has Big Boy in a Boston Crab. He's torquing. Or they're torquing. She's torquing. On those legs. My impressive persona is male. Oh, that's good to know. (laughs) 
He's talking on them fucking chicken legs right there, all nice and hard. Gonna break him off a piece of that fucking KFC. All right, third roll to determine what happens. I got a three. Oh, God damn it! I got a two, so three. I got oh. Oh, we're we're dead even. This is gonna be a knockout Ooh. special. Oh, I'm so excited. The morgue is continuing to twerk on Big Boy's leg. Big Boy is in a state of exhaustion. But what's this? The morgue is also out of it. They completely knock themselves oh out right as Big Boy begins to tap. It is a double KO. Wait, that was it? Fuck. <laughs> that was it? We both knocked each other out somehow. <laughs> I knocked myself out and you. <laughs> you did yourself yeah, no Big Boy put in, or the morgue put in too much effort. Too much torque. They knocked themselves out and Big Boy just tapped like a little whiny cat. If I become a wrestler, now my persona will be big boy, and I will always have to talk like that. That was perfect. I liked the the reverse we had every time, and then and then getting, and then uh, tying with us dead right in the middle three on the last one. We had like it was complete like <laughs> natural one to six <laughs> to just dead on three for both of our rounds. Amazing surprise. That was really yeah. fun. Which one of us got nails in our body? Uh, none of you. It was a very short wrestling match. You guys are not good wrestling. <laughs> Big boy, you were probably stapling me while I was torquing you. <laughs> That's what it was. The staples uh, were yeah, like I, I had up, a heart uh, attack and vomited and knocked myself out. Yeah. Oh, man. But Big Boy tapped right, at the, tapped right at that moment. It was perfect. It was a beautiful scene. Mm-hmm. You know, some would argue that you're both winners, but I'm going to go ahead and argue that you're both losers. You both did terrible. <laughs> I agree. Yep. This is why we're not wrestlers. Also because it's wrestling so even, in, no. even in fantasy, we're not wrestling. Even in fantasy, we can't do it. So that was a little uh, game for the week. Uh, is there any other notes anybody wants to make before we close it off? I thought the camera work was really well done. I would generally agree, though, that the movie itself wasn't, like, you know, a cinematic masterpiece. But I think the in-ring scenes were really well done and made it seem like the wrestlers, or the actors anyways, were better wrestlers than they probably are. Um <laughs> It's kind of gritty, the rest of the scenes where it's like, it kind of seems like that dude has a permanent rain cloud over his fucking head. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, it had that uh, It had that kind of film style, you know, a lot of long shots of following close behind characters as they're moving through an environment. A lot of slightly awkwardly placed, like a steady, steady cam watching two characters talk at kind of almost like an over the shoulder or just slightly off offset kind of angles mm. uh almost kind of that that kind of uh european film style and a lot of like no sound only kind of like the foley and what's like in the moment or in the scene it's a film style uh, that critics love but i personally find boring <laughs> to watch which probably added to what i thought was a very slow kind of uh kind of film. experience yeah Okay, wow. I actually liked it for this. It really made it painful to watch everything he was doing. Like, seeing him getting patched up or seeing him fuck up his relationship with his daughter. I don't know. Maybe we should talk briefly about kind of the ending and also maybe like the the most powerful scene probably in the movie, Hmm. which was the moment when The bloody middle scene? The what? Oh, we have two very... Okay, let's go with that. (laughs) What does everybody think is the most powerful scene of the movie? Morgan, you begin, because you have an opinion. Oh, I, I meant like like the big, probably framed framed as such in the movie being uh, the the date he goes on with his daughter. 
That's interesting. I would not think that's the most powerful scene in the movie. Keanu, what about you? It has to be the ending fight, right? In my in my opinion, in terms of climax. I was thinking the match, uh, the middle match, when he's doing that extreme wrestling match at uh, CZW, yeah. uh, where like everything is bloody, and then he has oh, a fucking right, heart that. attack immediately afterwards. I thought that was like one of the most intense scenes of Ooh. the entire movie. Because he's bloody, he's fucked up, and then he's like, I'm dying. Yeah, the wrestling scenes I was least less interested in. I really wanted it to end on like a f- him going in the cheering and then freeze frame as they're about to do like their first attacks on each other. I was like, I don't want to watch the entire last wrestling <laughs> match. I just wanted to freeze frame with like all these cheers and inspirational music in the background with us knowing that he's going to go into this match and probably die at some point during it or after it or whatever. That would have actually been like a beautifully haunting scene because yeah, there'd be the implication that he dies, but there's also that whole glory aspect to it. Yeah. But instead that they wanted to show the wrestling for a bit and they ended it on his, his Ram jam, which is like his signature move. So I was like, I get it. They wanted to get the Ram jam in there one last time. I mean, to be fair though, there is a chance that he survived. That's possible, but I think it's more, it makes more thematic sense that he would die after that. Oh no. The movie wants you to think he died. Definitely framed it that way. Yes. Yeah, well, let's go into talking about that ending. Or does anybody in particular want to, you know, talk more about what they thought was the most intense scene of the movie? Because I don't really want to talk about the bloodiness. Everyone, you know, it's kind of like, it's bloody, it's gross, he has a heart attack. It's just showing that the life he's been living has finally caught up to him and that he can't sustain that. Yep. Is my entire take on that. But Morgan, do you want to talk more about the uh, scene with his daughter? Yeah, I think that was definitely the most uh, emotional scene in the movie and a a chance for us to really get a little bit more into his actual backstory. Uh, You know, we we don't know a whole lot about Randy. We didn't even know he had a daughter until until the stripper Pam brought it up. So like getting getting that moment where they spend a day together and you learn just a little bit about their past and he gets really emotional and cries and tells her about how he feels and what he wants for the future and then her accepting him and even making a plan to meet with him again after initially not wanting anything to do with him, I think was really heartwarming and this really powerful moment to, of course, get crushed immediately afterwards when the stripper rejects him. So he goes in a rampage and misses the meeting with his daughter and she doesn't want anything to do with him again. It was a very nice moment and then followed by just sheer disappointment. It kind of really mirrors how like a match would go actually too wouldn't it like as like there's a, there's lore there's story that there's build up and then there's the payoff which is him trying desperately to kill himself for glory uh this is just a wrestling story like i i mean it is but also <laughs> all stories follow a very similar say. format of <laughs> like right, inciting right. incident Shit. you know backstory inciting incident rising action climax descending action yeah no, I, I was going to say, wrestling matches are just that story oh, being right told again. through physical means. Mm-hmm. So This was a wrestling yeah. story because it was literally a wrestling story. <laughs> but it was, also, it was also so much more than that. <laughs> well, anyways, let's get down to the finale then, folks. It ends with the Ram being told that he can't wrestle or else he's going to die because his heart's going to explode magically. And him being like, I'm going to do it. He does it. He starts to have a heart attack. His estranged BFF was like, man, just call it. Just pin me right now. Pin me right now, man. And, like, the Ram was, like, stubbornly going to do his fucking finisher and end it for the glory of the fans, even though he really should just get to the hospital. 
jumps up to the top rope. It ends before we see his heart actually explode. I wonder who he takes blame for that. Is it the people who booked him, or is it just him who takes blame for him dying? I mean, he chose it all the way through. No one yeah. forced him. He quit before, and it was fine, yeah. and then he... So would it count as suicide? You tend to sign releases when you're doing that stuff, because it is a physical thing. People have died. Well, it's nothing. No one ever pressured him into it, really. There exactly. was a little bit of like, oh, we put you on the posters. You agreed. And he's like, I quit. Sorry. And it's kind of like no one really makes him feel guilty about not going back. Hmm. That's the end of the mm-hmm. movie. Uh, let's go ahead and just give it a quick rating, and then let's move on on to next week. Yeah. So, I'm going to go ahead and start. As a fan of wrestling, and as a person who's not a fan of Mickey Rourke, I give it an aggressive 8 out of 10. Mm. Okay, yeah. Yeah, again, uh, I think it's objectively a good film. Uh, I think Jasmine and I, I watched this with my girlfriend, and we had the exact same comment. We were like, yeah, this is an objectively good movie, but it was just really slow. So I'd give it a, a 7 out of 10. Okay, yeah. Nice. Hmm. I really like this movie as like in the idea that it is a critique of passion and what industry does to us. It was very solid look into that world that I've, not I've seen or watched a lot, but something I've always known about but never really saw in uh, a physical light in movie form. So I thought this was good for that. It does feel like it's a bit soulless in some ways. Uh, I can see where you would coming from that. I didn't really find it slow, though. But given all that, I would also give it an 8 out of 10 still. But that's the wrestler, folks. Um, a good movie. You might have your qualms with it, but it's probably worth the watch. Anyways, Keanu, you have a movie for us to watch next week. Is that is yes, that correct? Sir. Is that a statement that is Yes, right? sir. Oh, man. Yes, sir. Well, let us know, buddy. We're doing an exemplary exemplary uh, study in animation, specifically Ooh, okay. hand-drawn animation, called Akira. Oh. Yeah, we're watching Akira now. It's one of my favorite movies. It's Ooh, nice. It set the bar for a lot of people's uh, understanding of hand-drawn animation in Japanese animation and animation as a whole. So this will be fun for everyone to watch. This was... The second episode of April No yeah, Fools. No Fools here. A case study on films that depict professions in a professional manner. <laughs> Did you write, read that off of something you wrote? Maybe. Shut up. <laughs> uh-huh. This is a do. I am sorry, Grandfather. I'm sorry, Grandpa. I'm sorry, Grandpa. I'm a beach ass motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> Did not realize we were going to see Marissa Tomei's chest in this movie. I thought I you watched surprised. this movie. I forgot that Marissa Tomei was <laughs> You forgot Marissa I thought Marissa Tomei was his daughter at first. And oh. I was really freaked out watching the movie. I was like, what the fuck is he doing? And then I was like, this can't be his daughter. <laughs> He's pulling an old boy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Dude. Spoilers. <laughs>